and welcome to Spoken Thoughts. This is episode six, titled Translanguaging. I'm Mick. I'm Irina. I'm Maddie. And I'm Ethan. So this week in preparation for class, we read an article titled Translanguaging Classrooms, Context and Purpose. We read another article titled The Language of Ciencia, Translanguaging and Learning in a Bilingual Science Classroom. And then we watched a video, video titled cross-language connections in the classroom. So the first article that we read, um, Translanguaging Classrooms, Context and Purpose, I thought that had a lot of interesting ideas. Um, so what did you guys get out of that article? Um, for me, I really liked reading how there were like three different classrooms. So in that sense, um, I got like the different perspectives teachers have, and then also like the different programs that each area and school um, has and just how like just like the different ways they incorporate translanguaging into their classrooms and we could go more in depth with that later on. Yeah something I found interesting was um, each of the classrooms like were located in different areas so they talked about the different standards that each school has to follow um, for example like the WIDA, the CCSS, and the ELD, and those were things that I found super interesting, kind of like seeing how they adapt to having like bilingual emergent students in their classrooms. Yeah, I, I just, something that really just stuck out to me about this article is just how different it is from like the classroom that I grew up going to, because like, it's just a matter, like the idea of a translanguaging classroom is just so out of the norm but it, it brings a lot of great ideas and like like it said it's a space to build collaborativity uh, by the by the teacher and bilingual students i think it just has a lot of room where it a lot of ideas that can be brought in from like classrooms that i grew up in and i'm sure a lot of you guys can see as well which classroom did you guys think was the best or like which one did you like the most I thought that they were all like effective and good in their own ways. Um, especially with all of like their similarities where all of them have to show proficiency in English and stuff like that. Um, but I just, I really, there's something about Justin's classroom that like really stuck with me. And I think the biggest part of it was um, the fact that in the article, it talks about how he goes above and beyond to help one specific student because all of his students have or most of his students have at least one other student who shares their like home language that they can collaborate and communicate with. Um, but there's only one Korean student in his class. And so he goes above and beyond to like Google translate stuff and like um, just help her because she doesn't have another student in class that speaks Korean that can um, collaborate with her and like communicate with her using that language. Um, I like to add on to that, um, like Justin's classroom, I like how he also like encouraged students to practice translanguaging on their own, for example, like um, annotating texts in like their own language, because like he knows that it's useful and necessary for like that Korean student to learn, or like it's necessary for her learning and like her development in English. And I like how he doesn't put, um, I guess, say like, himself first like he's not like oh like I can't I can't understand it like I don't know what she's writing so I like how he puts a student first if that makes any sense yeah I I mean 
I hate to be the person, but also I am also on the Justin train. Um, and I know that's it might be boring, but I just I I what you said, Irina, uh, resonated. It, it's this idea that he's just really selfless, and it it helps create a very healthy environment for the classroom that you don't see very often. And I just like the the way he organizes it. It it, it made the most sense to me, and like the idea of him going out of his way to help this student who has nobody else like to relate to, I guess, not necessarily relate to, I guess, uh, communicate with in like a proficient way. I guess the way that Justin went about that, I think um, was the most, I don't wanna say like influential, but like the most, it stood out to me the most, I guess. Yeah, I agree with your guys' points. I feel like a mix of Justin and Stephanie's classroom would really be the best because like you guys said, Justin acknowledges these students' other languages. And something that I liked is he how he encouraged students to like use their phones to like translate words and directions, which is something a lot of teachers make you keep your phones away. So that's something that I liked. But then something in Stephanie's was that she said teachers um she uses formative assessments, but in ways that the students either take it in their home language or the language you're speaking at school. And that's something that really stuck with me because I, when I was younger, really struggled with tests and I just spoke English, English. So I can only imagine how hard it is for students that speak both languages. Yeah, and I think that like, when we're talking about like these classrooms, um, while we all agree on like the idea that like Justin's classroom is the one that kind of resonated with us the most um, because of his teaching style and how much he cares about his students. I think it's also important to like talk about the other classrooms and what they're doing well, because I do think that all of them have um, positive things that they're doing. So I wanna start with Carla's classroom. Um, I think like my favorite part about reading about Carla's classroom was to read that when she first learned about um, the like translanguaging pedagogy, she didn't agree with it and she wasn't going to utilize it um, or take advantage of like resources that she had. Um, and I think like seeing how much she grew like after like not agreeing with it to like finding out that it's actually like extremely helpful to her students um, is really good. I think like anywhere that you see growth, especially, um, in like a classroom setting, whether it's from a student or a teacher, I think like growth is a really good thing. And I think that it should be definitely celebrated. Yeah. Something that I, I can bring up about Stephanie, um, something I really liked about her, uh, classroom, just, uh, reading that she, she talked about a lot how, um, she just she knew the potential that her students had but knew that it would be difficult for them to like reach that potential because there's kind of a barrier there with this idea of like having this modern english uh like english language supremacy in the classroom so the way she really went about out of, went out of her way to try and find something that made students be able to comprehend and think critically and learn um it's a standard that other students would when they have their dominant language as a um, source for their education. I I just like, I, I really like the effort that's being put into that, I guess. 
And I think we could all agree on how impactful like each district um, is for each like school and like just like the classroom in general because we see that like for Carla's experience, like her teacher education program in bilingual education, it like advocated that unless there's a clear and separate space for Spanish, English would take over instruction and Spanish would not be maintained. But then we see that in like Stephanie's classroom, the BCCI, like it acknowledged the students' home language are like valuable resources to like for students to draw on. And also from Justin's classroom, um, like the California CCSS and the California EDL, like their standards, um, they've really like put a focus on using the students like second language or like their home language to encourage their learning. Yeah, sorry, I, I forgot to add on one of the examples. I, I was just looking for it just now, but um, the one thing, I'm sorry, I'm going back to Stephanie thing because I, I uh, completely brain farted on something, but uh, the one thing I really liked was that uh, she pushed to get iPads for students, which is probably not an easy thing to do, um, so that they can get like the Spanish version of their textbooks. So they and also so they can use Google Translate. I just think that the effort there is just really nice. Sorry, that's like completely off topic, but I just want to bring that up because I think that's like such a great thing that she did and I can only imagine how difficult it is to get um, a backing behind that. I think that like also still goes along with like what I just said like um, if the district like didn't support that then like she wouldn't be able to get those iPads into the classrooms too. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's fair. And I think that like her efforts like to get those iPads for the students, like that's really important in like helping the students also like have a want to grow and a want to learn like in the classroom. Um, and I think like something that I saw that was interesting to me that is in common with both Carla and Stephanie's classroom is that they both kind of like tailored their curriculum to kind of match what mattered in their students' minds and like something that they could really benefit out of learning about because they're interested in it and it matters to them. So like, for example, like Carla, um, she used like her town's history, which she knows goes along with a lot of the students' families um, in their curriculum and taught them about that um, because it both like mattered to them, it was important to them and they were interested in learning about it. And it also allowed them to use both of their languages, which really strengthened their like, their ideas of their language and their identities, which I think is really important. We also watched um, this video in class this week called, or sorry, not in class, but it's called Cross-Language Connections in the Classroom. And in this video, we see a lot of points that were brought up in um, the article, Translanguishing Classrooms, Context and Purposes. We see that in the video, it also shows how teachers like use two languages to like find similarities and differences within like each other languages and this allows the students to um find these similarities like on their own but also like a main part of it is like having the guidance from their teachers one um thing that i really got out of the article cross language connections is that teachers really should try and find like cross language activities and strategies 
to incorporate in the classroom. One example that like stood out to me was the teacher gave them um, two cognates and it was like a word in English and a word in Spanish and it would be side by side and the students would compare them. And then they would take those words in Spanish and try and translate it to English, which really helps them learn both languages. And that's something that in my placement, I'm at International Prep Academy and I, my teacher actually does this. So I've seen how this works in the classroom. And it's something that really welcomes both languages and kind of like shares this idea of linguistic awareness and translanguaging in the classroom, which is something that definitely is intimidating as a teacher to find ways to do. But if you find the right strategies that this article included, I think it truly could be done. Um, also, like from the video, I um, got that acknowledging like the genius of the students to make them more comfortable with using like both languages is really important and like um the teachers should just be like the models of like language detectives so that the students continue to like find all like the similarities and differences between like the two languages they use and um that's also important to like celebrate like the students findings so it encourages them to use like both languages in classroom and also outside of the classroom. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that the attitude and the, the willingness to learn and adapt that a teacher brings to a classroom can really make an impact on the environment and the, um, the morale that it brings to a classroom and the students that are there. Because I feel like like we've probably all had experiences um, of just teachers who are very low effort and don't really try to do much and that's just in a normal classroom and already like that like that brings like such a low energy and will to learn at that and then when you're adding on all these layers and barriers of different languages being spoken I think it's so imperative that teachers bring a better um like a, a good vibe to the class to try and help um, boost students morale like have give them this willingness to learn and I think that the video showed this pretty well because um, I think Maddie brought this up earlier but they were bringing up uh, they were like putting words next to each other phrases um, in Spanish and English and trying to teach the students uh, the words and what did I, I can't remember exactly what the teacher said, but she was like, I don't I don't speak Spanish, so I'm learning too. And I think that just like like it showed that the teacher is learning along with the students as well. And I I just really like that it shows that conscious effort. And I think that can go a long way for the students because I think they'll notice that too. They'll notice how engaged the teacher is with them and how much they care about having the children learn. And like what Ethan just said, that just goes back to, I believe, like Nick brought this up, like the idea of like, you know, what's important behind all this is like the growth we see from both um, the students and the teachers. And I know we like already talked about the first article, but um, we saw like in Carlos classroom, like at the beginning when she was like policing the students when what language they, they are able to use at like a certain time of day, like it kind of like um, made the students like back away from wanting to share anything yeah I agree with that I feel like the more accepting you are of bringing your students languages into the classroom the more comfortable your students will be coming to you 
And if they ever need to talk about something, I feel like truly they'll open up if they feel comfortable. Um, the video kind of talked about how students' home languages should be recognized and they should be celebrated. And this is something that we touch on so much in class, but it's something that I think is really important because as teachers, you act as this role model for your students. And if the image you're portraying is policing your students and telling them not to use their home language in the classroom, then that's just gonna make them not wanna speak it at all and not feel comfortable around you as their teacher or the role model, which is something that, I don't know, I think is really important to kind of realize. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that there's like, there's a lot of isolating um, when it comes to that type of stuff, when teachers police and bring that negative um, connotation to learning uh, because they want to, they want the students to learn their way. And I think that isolates a lot of students because it may work for some students and it might work efficiently for some students, but for other students that might not work at all. And I think the, the idea that teachers have to have this more open mind to try and help their students learn at the best ability they can is something that a lot of teachers really need to open their eyes to see. They need to realize that not every kid is gonna learn the same. Not every kid has the capability of learning the same as the kid sitting next to them. And I think once people realize that more, I think when, once we get that awareness spread, I think it's gonna start to, to uh, change, change the wave a bit, I guess. Um, during class, we kind of talked about um, how to challenge linguistic boundaries and different ways to like incorporate translanguaging into the classroom. Some of those examples included like using literature that incorporates different languages, modeling translanguaging through writing, or like including linguistic autobiographies. What, what do you guys think is like the most beneficial way to bring translanguaging into the classroom? I have a really hard time like answering that question just because I only speak English and I don't know what it's like to be like a bilingual student in an educational setting and what like I would need based on that. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I could answer that question. Um, but I do know that like, I think an important thing that like isn't discussed enough, like when it comes to like how to add translanguaging into classrooms is just like, if your students are old enough, just talk to them, like ask them what they want and like what they need because it's it's their education. So if they're old enough to like understand what you're talking about and like, like know, like know what they need, then I think like asking them like definitely couldn't hurt and it could benefit a lot. I also think that like talking to like the parents and like the community is a good idea um, just because like these students' parents are gonna know best like how their child learns, especially like in the early stages of the school year when the teacher like is just getting to know the students and doesn't really know them that well and doesn't know like how they learn and like what the best way to teach them is like the best technique is for them. So I think asking parents is a good place to start as well. Yeah, I wanna like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm, I just want to up arrow everything Nick just said because like I, I grew up my entire life speaking English and nothing else. I learned, I took French for 
five years uh, or not even, uh, yeah, five years in middle school and high school. And that's it. And it's like, I, I really don't really, I don't have a place really to say like what I think is like the best method. I think it's, there's, it's good for me to look into it and find these ideas, see what other people are doing. Like we are, we're reading this all in class. We're reading about the different classrooms, the different techniques. Um, but the thing that Mick said that I really agree with is like communicating with your students when, when they reach that age, like a lot of students, like they can figure out how they learn best. And at the very least, they know something that's going to help them. And if you just have that transparency with your student, you want to like, you make an effort to reach out to them to try and figure out your, each individual student's best method of learning. I think that really breaks barriers because there's just this heavy influence of teaching like in in high school I took an education class and it's like what's your teaching method and it's like well you can find out your teaching method but also why do you have to have such a strict like leash on what that is because at the end of the day every student learns differently and you're not you're not going to be able to do this one thing that um forces a student to learn the way that you want them. And I think that just communicating can go a really long way and can be the most effective to help each and every kid learn the most. Um, I definitely agree with like everything you guys all just said. And to add on like, yes, like communication is super important. And like Ethan said, like, um, like, yeah, you can have one teaching method, but I think like the most important part is like, you know, like be flexible, like each student is different and your teaching method should somehow align with the student to help their development. And then to answer like Maddie's question, um, I feel like I personally can't even answer that either because like, even though I do speak two languages in like elementary school, I just always thought that, you know, only English was allowed. I don't know if that was like for my parents or was that from just like the people I was surrounded with, but I can't answer that question either, Maddie. Would you, like, what do you think? Like, how would you answer your own question? Uh, yeah, I agree with all you guys said. I honestly don't think I also have an answer. I feel like I've only grown up speaking English and like having that background, it's kind of intimidating me, intimidating for me to step into this classroom where there's so many cultures and so many languages I obviously would want to do my best to try and incorporate these strategies in but I feel like truly the only way you could figure out ways to incorporate translanguaging into the classroom is to just be open with your students and communicate with them and I also think it's like the teacher's responsibility to do their own research and kind of like listen to people's stories and listen to different classroom activities you could do so I feel like it's honestly just like you figure it out as you go. And like the more experiences you have, the more you'll know at the end of it. I think it's really interesting that you said like you learn as you go, because I've always been like a firm believer that like the students are obviously learning in the educational setting, like in a classroom, obviously the whole point is for students to be learning. But I think the teachers learn from the students as well. And I think like that's not talked about enough like I don't know I just think that like as 
like a a white woman like i'm i'm positive that i'm going to learn from my students that are from different cultures and stuff than i am because they have like they have experience that experiences that i've never even really like thought of before or like had to think of before and i know like that i'm going to learn a lot from them like in the future when i have a classroom and I think that that happens every single day where teachers are learning from their students. They're learning alongside their students as well. So with issues like this translanguaging thing, like even though the teachers aren't necessarily learning what it is from their students, they are learning how to, how to use it, how to combat the issue alongside their students. So they're learning with them instead of from them in this situation. But I think like, like that happens a lot more than people talk about. And I think it's a really good thing. Yeah, I feel like there's this kind of what you just said, there's this misconception that like the teacher needs to know everything and the teacher like is the one that can answer every question. But I feel like education is a field that like you constantly continue to learn and you learn new things from honestly, like every day in the classroom and like you will learn from your students. And I don't know, I just feel like we need to stop thinking that the teachers know the answer to everything and they know every single possible way to bring translanguaging into the classroom when in reality I think that like there's never a set answer or a set of like rules to follow to bring translanguaging in I think it's all based on experience um to wrap this podcast up um I feel like we learned or from like all the readings we did this week in the video we watched like what do you think is for sure like one method you would bring into your classroom um I think one thing like that stood up to me the most and I feel like it's something that's really basic to bring to the classroom but really effective is just giving the option for students to learn in the language that they're most comfortable in like getting like a reading or a textbook or getting to choose like an independent reading book or whatever it is like having the the student choose what language that they're learning and they're reading in, I think that's such a simple way to progress this idea of um, bilingualism in the school setting and kind of uh, closes the gap of there being idea of um, standard American English. And I think that, I think it's just really simple and I think it could still be really effective as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like giving students the option to use whatever language they want at certain times is super important. And also like, I feel like access to resources is something that is super important also because like I said earlier, students wanna feel represented in the textbooks or the stories. And it's different for like kindergartners compared to like fifth graders, but honestly, just like, finding materials and finding resources that incorporate all different cultures and all different languages, I feel like is something that definitely encourages translanguaging in the classroom. Yeah, I think like using diversity as a positive resource is like the best way to go. So I definitely agree with Maddie on that, um, where that's like the strategy that I would like most definitely be using is like making sure to like incorporate all of those different like cultures and races and languages in my classroom um just because again I think it's really important that students like feel like included in what they're learning about
Yeah, I have to agree with all of that. And for me, like, I think I would, like you guys brought up, like bring, bring like all those resources to class, to the classroom. I also think like to add on with that, we definitely have to acknowledge like um, how much the students are able to do on their own and that like we as teachers, like we can guide them, but at the same time, we have to make sure that they're doing the growth on their own too and like practice scaffolding with them. All right, so I think that pretty much wraps up this week's podcast. This was week six of Spoken Thoughts. Um, This episode was titled Translanguaging. Once again, I'm Mick. I'm Irina. I'm Maddie. And I'm Ethan. And we'll see you next week.